The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. And then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good afternoon. I am most grateful to our Knights of Columbus who have given us this opportunity today to have in our presence the uncorrupted heart of the curie of ours, St. John Vianney. In particular, to Eric, who has traveled all the way from Connecticut to be with us today and is entrusted with the relic from Carl Anderson, who received it from the shrine of ours in France, the place where this saint touched so many lives and still to this day draws thousands of people for the intercession of their health, for their sanctity, and for an increase in vocations. You know, we received, uh, the bishop received a letter from Mr. Anderson, which was sent to all bishops, inviting our diocese to receive this major, major tour of the relic of his heart, and appropriately it would go to the cathedral. But it arrived, the letter arrived late and then was passed to my desk. And when I found out the schedule was full there for this weekend, the only weekend they could allow us to have the relic, I was with Monsignor Ingham. And I simply asked him three questions. Would you be able to receive the heart of John Vianney Could we have a mass? And do you think the servers would show up? (laughs) And he said, yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) And so many thanks to Monsignor Ingham for his generosity and all that he does, not just for this parish, but in a special way for vocations and his receptivity to bring to us such a treasure of the church. Surely, as we gather in the presence of the heart of St. John Vianney, it brings a lot of questions for people who don't know about relics in the church. 
Well, he's a declared saint. And so his soul is with God in heaven. But his heart is united with God. And so we have welcomed someone from the triumphant church in our midst. Oftentimes, when celebrating Mass in my private chapel at home as vocation director, with many relics, and one being St. John Vianney, thanks to a dear friend who prays daily for priests, I think about all the saints and how they rejoice when Mass is celebrated. Because there's no saint who doesn't want to be present when the sacrifice of Calvary is made present on our altars. And as little nuns maybe used to tell you when you were young, move over so that your guardian angel and the other angels have a place. Now those are sweet for little children to hear that, but we know that angels don't have a corporal body. So they flood around us. And oftentimes I think, you know, how many angels are resting on this incense pin? Because they all show up for Mass. But today we have the special physical reality of his uncorrupted heart. This heart was born in 1786. And it has not disintegrated or fallen apart. Open to natural elements. Ten years after our revolutionary war in this country... And yet the things of God that are touched by God and you who are touched by God and who receive his body and his precious blood are touched by God and you remain. You remain steadfast in your faith in troubled times. You know that as Jesus saw all these people in the gospel that had been receiving his teaching and his healing, people who were cured and who were brought to sanctification, and the numbers swelled in all the towns that they went into. He looked at the crowd and he found them as he was moved for pity with them. They were troubled and abandoned. And I'm not worrying about those who are present here tonight being troubled and abandoned. Yes, you will have to endure certain troubles in your life, as do I. But you're never troubled beyond God's grace. And you may have to experience abandonment from someone. Maybe you corrected as the first reading from Ezekiel. But if you've given them the truth, they'll be back. Never are you abandoned, even by those children that you pray for who may be off in distant lands or off at college or who are lost. They are not abandoned. God does not abandon his people. And he sends us saints like St. John Vianney to remind us, even in the great reign of terror against the Catholic Church, in which there were 39,000 Benedictine monasteries, and after the reign of terror, there were only 7,000 left. The monasteries pillaged, nuns and priests taken or executed, 
bishops executed, and yet this young saint, just shortly after the end of that reign of terror, when still there was such a great anti-Catholic bent in all of Europe, especially in France, as there is again today, this young saint, not by the power of his intellect, but by the zeal of his heart, decided to follow Christ. He heard the word sequiame, follow me, and he did. And despite even negative reports from his seminary formators who told him because he couldn't pass Latin, that's not the only one, (laughs) that it, it takes great work and that he was a sickly man. It wasn't by his strength that thousands came to him in the confessional. It was because of his compassionate heart that was formed by God, that was born of his mother. His vocation came from a family and from a home. I asked a priest one time who asked me if I had thought about a vocation, and I said, I don't know where they come from. And he said, well, they don't fall out of the sky. They come from dining room tables like the Thai family. And so it was that he had me contact the vocation director. And it is only in God's humor and providence that 38 years later I would be the vocation director. (laughs) I didn't even know what it was. But look what Jesus did in the life of St. John Vianney. He was going to be expelled from seminary. And the vicar general called the rector of the seminary and asked him, Is he a pious man? Does he know how to pray the rosary? And the rector responded, He is the most pious, and he has a great love for the Blessed Mother. Let him continue, said the rector, and we'll see what God desires. He was in a seminary who had a rector who was a man of faith and did not get in the way of God and his callings to his men and women. And so therefore, he finished and he was given a small little parish, only 280 some odd parishioners. I'd been in a parish that small. And he took a little cart with the meager belongings that he had. And before he arrived at an intersection, he saw a young child. And he said, probably with a strong jaw, which way to ours? And the boy pointed the way. And he said, you've shown me the way to ours, and I will show you the way to heaven. What a perfect trade-off. Were that we all that little boy. And then it began. He did not shy, as this Ezekiel reading, reading said, to turn a town that had become pagan. They were known for many people in the city because of their drunkenness and houses of ill repute. And he preached, and he preached, and he preached. He shared the truth. In charity. And whenever the truth 
and charity kiss, veritas, et caritas, Christ is present. And how could a town not be attracted to Christ? He was such a frail man, eating only a half of a potato a day and subjecting himself to cruel mortifications in his own flesh for the sanctification of his people. And then it happened. The enemy became jealous as crowds lined the streets and people came from other countries to come to know this saint who could read hearts. And so as you venerate his relic of his heart today, allow this saint to read your heart, heart unto heart. Allow him to speak to the things that we all need to hear about what must be let go, what habits from which we must detach, and what life and the banner of his resurrection must we raise to welcome others, to lift them up, and to encourage them in their vocations. Every soul here has a vocation. There is no one here who does not have a vocation. God calls every soul. He touched you in baptism and made you his son. And now he sends you his saints to rattle your life, to see the radical life that awaits, not the short-term pleasures that are thrown in front of you. You know, in my discussions with many of the students at NC State, some are who are here today, and I'm most grateful for their presence, the theme I hear over and over is that they long for community. At first, that got me nervous as a vocation director for diocesan priesthood in a rural diocese. I'm recruiting men, and they desire to have community. And I went before the Lord in my chap- chapel, and I asked him, is, am I supposed to promote all religious vocations? Is that, the, is that what you want? Do you want our monasteries filled? Should I just focus my efforts on bringing you monks, friars? And he said, look to why they long for community. Why is it that the generations of today long for community? They're more connected with their devices than ever before in the history of mankind. Yet they're more alone than ever. They feel abandoned because their parents are on the same devices. And the time in the family has disintegrated. The six o'clock news has become a 24-hour cycle of entertainment. And the family meal, a place where affirmation would take place, has turned to become an efficient time where we move through an activity and we forget to connect. But today God sends the heart of one of his priests to connect with our heart. And there will be ample time of silence. I was responded to in the chapel by the Lord and by discussions with another priest that the community that the young long for today is that one relationship with Jesus Christ 
which is the fulfilling relationship. The calling, the vocation of everyone. Unless that vocation is heard, vocare, to call, unless each person hears that call, there is no Sunday dinner, nor news cycle, nor technological device that can fulfill the ultimate fulfillment of man's desire, unity with God. You were made for communion. You don't have to create it. You were called to communion. We must hear that call. You were made in love. We must know that in the depth and fiber of our very being. And we must respond to love's call with love. It is my prayer that each of you might offer your intercessions to St. John Vianney, first for your personal needs, those of your family, especially those who are ill or those who are separated from the church or in need of confession. And then second, if you would, on behalf of the body, the church, if you would pray for vocations. As Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest and rejoice in his abundance. Placing our trust in our Heavenly Father, we turn to offer our prayers and petitions. We pray for the church throughout the world, for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for our Bishop Luis, for all of our priests and deacons, especially our deacon at this Mass, and my brother priests, for their ministry. We pray to the Lord. We pray for this parish and its pastor, for Monsignor Ingham, for all the students at STMA who prepare their baccalaureate mass this evening, that they may be filled with grace and inspired to serve the Lord in love, we pray to the Lord. We pray for our nation, for an end of abortion, for the healing of those scarred by it, for a deep respect for all life and the dignity of human life, for a growth in virtue among the citizens of our country, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those who suffer illness and who have been invited into sharing in Christ's passion, may they find hope in suffering and the close proximity of Christ's cross. May they be surrounded by your holy people to intercede for them and be open to the divine physician and his will, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those dedicated to the prayer of priests, who make sacrifices for our priests, who pray for them and encourage vocations, that they may be given renewed zeal and grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For parents who are the true vocation directors of the domestic church, that their marriages may be fruitful and blessed, and that their families may be 
safe and protected from harm, we pray to the Lord. We pray for the Knights of Columbus, those who give of themselves so generously in the service of fraternity and for love for our country. We pray as well for all the deceased members of the Knights of Columbus, our deceased relatives and friends, those of this particular parish, that they may be welcomed into God's heavenly kingdom and enjoy the beatific vision in the company of St. John Vianney, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Almighty and ever-living God, look with kindness upon all of our needs and grant those things which are in accordance to your holy will. For we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 